This message you're about to listen to was recorded live at the Redeemed Christian Church of God, the Throne Room Parish, Transcorp Hilton, Abuja. Be blessed as you listen. Praise the Lord. Our pastor has been speaking to us and praying over us concerning the 11th hour grace, the 11th hour favor, making us understand that there is something called the 11th hour principle. And that's so powerful that in the manifold wisdom of God, the many-sided wisdom of God, that there are things that God has prepared for us in this season. There are things that eyes have not seen. There are things that ears have not heard. And God is saying, those things I will bring to pass in your experiences. In the mighty name of Jesus. If it's only you that will say amen, can it be louder this morning? Let's look at the scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And so I was speaking in the same direction this morning. So we can title this, The Wisdom for the Eleventh Hour. Wisdom for the Eleventh Hour. Or the Eleventh Hour Wisdom. First Corinthians chapter 2 from verse 9. I'll read down to verse 10. Praise the Lord. Bible says, But as it is written, Eyes had not seen, nor hear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God had prepared for them that love him. Verse 10, let's read verse 10 together. One to go. But God had revealed them unto us by spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things. Yea, the deep things of God. The deep things of God. The deep things of God. Somebody says, God is so deep. Only shallow men think they know enough of him. Deep things of God. Deep things of God. You know, the message Bible version puts it this way. He said, no one ever seen or had anything like this. He said, never so much as imagined anything quite like it. He said, what God has arranged for those who love him. What God has arranged. He said, but you have seen and had it. Because God by his spirit has brought it all out into the open before you. Praise the Lord. And so it talks about what God has arranged for those who love him. The word arranged there is, is a scientific word. It's talking about accuracy. It's talking about precision. So he's saying what God has arranged. What God has arranged. So it's something definite. Praise the Lord. So I'd like us to, to understand this morning. I have an announcement for somebody this morning. Your life is an arranged life. It's an arranged life. My life is an arranged life. It's an arranged life. The moment we come into Christ, we come into a life that has been prearranged. When you come into Christ, our life is not a life of time and chance. It is not. It is not. It's an arranged life. God in his manifold wisdom arranged everything concerning our lives. Your life is arranged, sir. Please let me tap your neighbor and say to the person, your life is arranged. Please let me say louder to the person, your life is arranged. I am fully persuaded that our lives are arranged. Fully persuaded. Fully persuaded. It's an arranged life. It's an arranged life. 
you look at it and you feel that, oh, uh, the, the person is not coming. But please, even the marriage has been arranged from heaven. It's been arranged. Your career is an arranged career. It's not, it's not a life of probability. It is not. The life we live is not a life of uncertainty. It is not. It is not a life of sera, sera, what we be, we be. It is not. It is an arranged life. I'm telling you, if that's the only thing somebody will get this morning, that is enough. To transform our mentality. It's an arranged life, sir. It's an arranged life. Your job, your productive engagement, they've been arranged by God. Everything that pertains to you, life and godliness, before you were formed in your mother's womb, God arranged them. So don't lose consciousness of the fact that your life is arranged, even though you are in November. Don't lose it. I mean, I, I was looking at it and I said, if people understand that their lives are arranged, if they understand what God, in his manifold wisdom, had prepared for us, what eyes have not seen, what ears have not heard, people will not be arguing on tithing, whether to tithe or not. You will not be arguing. When you understand that your life is an arranged life, you will not be arguing on tithing. You understand that even... Tithing is kindergarten in the school of giving. When you understand that your life is arranged. So when I hear people arguing on tithing, you know, what, what you know, the youth we call, he has played penalty to the direction of throwing. Take that penalty, Lord. Because you don't understand that your life is arranged. So you are arguing on, on little things. Bible talks about the deep things of God. Talking about things that eyes have not seen. So what is tight? What is offering? Please help me say it loud to your neighbor. My life is an arranged life. Please, can you say it loud that my life is an arranged life? Can you say it loud that my life is an arranged life? My life is an arranged life. I mean, it was the same thing that Pastor was trying to share with us last week Sunday when he was speaking and praying on the 11th hour principle. God had so arranged it, arranged it. He arranged that some will show up on the first hour. It was an arrangement. So it was an arrangement that some will get their testimony in the first month. The first hour is the first month. He arranged it. He arranged it that we bring some in in the third hour. The third hour is the third month. So some will share their testimony in January. Some their testimonies will show up in March. It's an arrangement. It's an arrangement. Then he went again and brought some in in the sixth hour. It was an arrangement. God wasn't reactionary. He, he was a proactive God. So he had arranged that in the first hour, some will come. The third hour, some will come in. In the sixth hour, some will come in. It was an arrangement, sir. And also in the ninth hour, he had arranged that some were also coming. And this eleventh hour, you have been arranged for the eleventh hour. Oh God, maybe those that came here got it. You have been arranged for the 11th hour. I believe in my heart, your hour has come. I say your hour has come. This is the 11th hour, your hour has come. We are not saying this to hyper emotion. We are saying it as a mark of revelation. Your hour has come. Somebody said loud, my hour has come. Because it's the 11th hour. It was not recorded in scripture that he made arrangement for 12th hour. So in the 11th hour, both the blessings for 11th and 12th, he gave them. That's why he said, can a nation be born at once? He said, can the earth be made to bring forth in a day? 
He said, who has had such a thing? Who has seen such a thing? He said, as soon as Zion traveled, she brought forth her children. So what God is going to do, he's going to compress time and compress season and give you all of the harvest in the level tower. In the mighty name of Jesus. If that is for you, can I hear your deepest amen? Let me tell your neighbor, your hour has come. Your hour has come. Your hour has come. Your hour has come. And I'll just share one wisdom. The wisdom for the eleventh hour. Just one, and then we close. Just one. The eleventh hour is the hour of harvest. Is the hour of harvest. And that's been a direction of prayer even in the morning prayer sessions. It's the hour of harvest. And there is something we must understand about the hour of harvest. There's a wisdom that allows everybody to throw in their sickle and to get their harvest. There's a wisdom. And this is the wisdom that I want to share. In the 11th hour, is the hour of instruction. And so in the hour of instruction, there is a wisdom you must engage. What is that wisdom? You must be at rest. Help me tell your neighbor, be at rest. In the hour of harvest, you must be at rest. That was what Naomi told you. He said, glean behind the reapers. Be at rest. And I'll tie this up in scriptures. Let's look at the book of uh, Philippians. Philippians chapter 4. Let me tie this around scriptures. Philippians chapter 4. Be at rest. Be at rest. That's the wisdom for the 11th hour. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 to verse 7. Philippians chapter 4. Verse 6 to verse 7. I want us to read together so, so, so we can flow along. Corporately, let's read. One to go. But careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Another version says, be anxious for nothing. Hold on to that place. Let's go to the book of Proverbs chapter 20 verse 27. I want to tie something up this morning. Proverbs chapter 20 verse 27. Just, just flip to Proverbs. Proverbs is not after Malachi. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. Proverbs chapter 20 verse 27. Let's read together. One to go. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Searching all the inward parts of the belly. Now let me put this in perspective. Let me put it in perspective. In the eleventh heart, it says in Philippians, it said, be anxious, be careful for nothing. It said, be at rest. Then in Proverbs 20, 27, it said, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching the inward part of the belly. Let me help us to understand. This is what the scripture is saying in effect. If, if you have used a candle before, if you light a candle, I mean, some of us, I have, maybe some of us, they have not, praise the Lord. If you light a candle and you want to walk in a dark room with the light of a candle, maybe you want to see different places, different corners of the room with the light of a candle. When you light that candle, you have to move at ease. Am I right? The light of the candle, when you hold it, you have to move at ease. If you move with the light of a candle in anxiety, what will happen to that light? It will go off. And I'm going somewhere. So, this is what the Bible is saying in effect. 
It says the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. This is what he's saying. So if you are not at rest in your spirit, when God is showing you signals in the realm of the spirit, because your spirit is not at rest, you will not be able to pick them. So the light of your spirit is going off. It's not picking signals. So the 11th hour is the hour of instruction. When the instructions are coming, because you are not at rest, you are not picking the signals. So God is picking, you are not picking it on your radar. So that's why he's saying the 11th hour is the hour of rest. So that when it shows up on your radar, you pick it up. But when your spirit is troubled, when your spirit is not at rest, God will be speaking. You will not hear. And what you cannot hear, you cannot decipher. Is somebody getting something this morning? If this is, that's why it's the only thing I want to share. If you engage this wisdom, if you, that's why I said, you will hear a voice behind you that says, this is the way. Walk there in it. But you won't hear it if you are not at rest. I mean, I looked at it very deeply. I discovered that anxiety unsettles the foundation of our faith. That's what it does. Anxiety is the younger brother of doubt. It is doubt in puberty stage. So what that means is this. And Bible says a double-minded man will not receive anything from God. So when you are in doubt, when you are anxious, what you are doing is that you are growing doubt gradually, unconsciously. And in that sphere, under that atmosphere, the spirit of God will not move. I mean, if you look at the principle of the 11th hour very well, when some showed up in the first hour and they shared their testimony and they went into harvest, you know, in the first month, some showed up in the third month, some showed up in the sixth month. If those guys in the 11th hour had been not at rest, if they were anxious, do you know, if they were not called in the third, they were not called in the sixth, they were not called in the ninth, they would have left the place. Am I right? Because of anxiety in their spirit, they'll be saying, Maybe God is not showing up in this area. Maybe He's showing up in another area. Maybe this is not my way. Maybe in this job, I'm not going to be promoted. Maybe I'm not going to get this contract. Maybe this marriage is not going to happen this year. Maybe I'm not going to bet this thing. Maybe I'm not going to conceive this thing. So they would have left. And when the good man of the house would have showed up in the 11th hour, they won't be there. So they were at rest. It was this principle that Peter understood. Peter was not born again, but he understood this principle. So when Peter had launched and everybody, they caught nothing. In the midst of that crisis, Peter was at rest. And Jesus showed up and said, can I lend your boat for a while? It takes a man that is at rest in crisis to give you his boat. That is not yielding result for him. It takes a man that is at rest in crisis. So that's why the Bible says that the people of this world are wiser in their generation than the people of the Lord. Why? Because you understand what it means, even in the midst of crisis, to be at rest. But a lot of us have turned Christianity. I was sharing in the church prayer meeting. I said, faith is not a parachute to run out of crisis. Faith is a lifestyle. So you be at rest even in the midst of it. You stay there. You stay in the place of worship. You stay in the place of praise. Is the God that makes everything beautiful in his, in his own time. His own time, not your time. It's an arrangement. I say it's an arrangement. I say it's an arrangement. I was like, Peter had to be, I mean, I was just looking at it yesterday and I was, 
I was just having a conversation with you and said, if we are to be myself, and maybe some of us, because I don't want to sound too spiritual, if we are to be in the case of Peter, the boat that is not yielding result for me, somebody will show up and say, borrow me. Ah, Koleweko. You understand? It, uh, do you understand? It, but the guy understood being at rest in the midst of crisis. So he knew that the miracle is in the lending. So he lent it out. And when the thing was coming back, he had a net-breaking encounter. The miracle is in the lending. But you cannot understand that principle if you are not at rest. This is how to enter into the 11th hour blessing. If you look at the case of Job very well, I respect Job so much, but you discover in the life of Job, even when crisis came in, Job was not at rest. He didn't curse God, but he was not at rest. And I will show you. Because he started, he started asking questions. Lord, where did I go wrong? You see, sometimes you must understand, when things go wrong in your life, it's not because you have done something wrong. Bible says, it taketh away the first to establish the second. It's in the scripture. It taketh away. God subtracts first before he has. So Job was wondering, where did I go wrong? Let's look at it in the book of Job. So that, I mean, one thing is a cunningly devised feeble. Look at it. Job chapter 38 verse 1. Job 38. Thank you, Jesus. Around of very soon. Job 38. From verse 1. I mean, Job was now asking God questions. I mean, where, God had to tell him, oh God, listen, cool down. Look at what God told him. Bible says, then the Lord answered Job out of the wide wind and said, let's go ahead. Verse 2. Who is this that darkeneth counsel by the words without knowledge? Verse 3. He said, God up now thy lawns like a man, for I will demand of thee and answer thou me. Verse 4. Go ahead. He said, where was thou when I laid the foundation of the earth? Declare if thou had understanding. He said, what's your problem? He said, you're asking me. You said, you thought it's your righteousness that have brought you this far. It's not. You thought it's your faithfulness that have brought you this far. It's not. He said, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? When I told the sea, you can't go beyond this level. Where were you? Was it your wisdom? He said, oh God, cool down. So we must understand this. You must be at rest in the 11th hour. Be at rest. If this is the only thing that we will get, every one of us will enter into the harvest. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I mean, I've, I, I've shared this on few occasions. I shared the case of Brother Ketmore. Powerful man of faith. I think I shared it also in the minister's prayer meeting yesterday. Powerful man of faith. He shared something very powerful with us. Many years ago, he was trusting God for a car. And he was making the confession. He knew in his heart that this was the counsel of God for his life. And he was trusting God for it. And he was believing God. Making the confessions, pacing the floor, doing everything necessary. So he had pegged it that by 30th of October, the car should show up. He should have it as a testimony that the word should be verified. You know, that was what he had in mind. So as at 1st of October, nothing had changed. 15th of October, nothing had changed. 29th of October, nothing had changed. He was still making the confession. 30th of October, nothing changed. And so when it didn't happen in October, the last day in October, he concluded and said, it seems it's not going to happen again. So he left it. So he went for a meeting being organized by Kenneth Egan of Blessed Memory. And Kenneth Egan was sharing how 
you know, he believed God for somebody to sow a million dollar seed in his ministry and how it happened. And it was exactly the same principle, the same principle that Kenneth Hagin engaged. So, Kenneth Ketimon went back home and was asking God, where did I go wrong? I did exactly what this man did. Where didn't I get the result? God told him, he said, listen, there was nothing that you did that was wrong. All your confessions were right. He said, it was my will to give you. He said, your prayers were in line with my counsel. He said, but until it got to the 30th of October, when you didn't see it, and you concluded in your heart that it was not coming. So he said, God, so what do I need to do? God said, listen, when a man sows an apple seed, after a while, he produces an apple tree, right? And then produces apple fruit. If you don't pluck it early, it will fall down, it will die. Am I right? He said, if a man takes an orange seed and puts it in the ground, he said, after a while, it will produce an orange fruit. Am I right? He said, if you don't pluck it early, it will fall down, it will die. He said, listen, he said, but prayer is an incorruptible seed. He said, it produces an incorruptible harvest. He said, Lord, what do you mean? He said, listen, the result is still hanging in the realm of the spirit. He said, go back and go and take it. He said, but this time around, don't tell me that yet of October, for I make everything beautiful in my own time. Do we understand what we are saying this morning? So be at rest. He's the God of the 11th tower. Be at rest. People of this world, they will say, no shaking. Be at rest. Have confidence in God. He that started the work, we finish it. The power to complete it is in God. The power to commence, the power to continue, the power to complete. These three dimensions of power are in God. Unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly, above all you can ask or think, according to the power at work in you. Is there. And I close with this very personal experience. Very personal. And, and I share something with us. A couple of months ago, and I, I close now. A couple of months ago, I was trusting God for something. And those things were so much. The pressure was so much. And it was practically impossible for me to come out of that mess. And so I took it to God in prayer and I was praying and I was trusting God. For days I was praying, for weeks. And it got to a point I had, God bless you, got to a point in one of my early morning prayers I had the Holy Spirit say to me He said, listen, I'm going to give you a thank you daddy order of testimony. I said, I don't understand sir. He said, listen. He said, when a child has needs, it goes to the father. And then he repeats, he repeatedly mentioned those needs before the father. Am I right? Until the father does it. And when it is done, he comes back and say, thank you, daddy. I said, now I can relate. I said, so what do I need to do? He said, listen. He said, those things, write them out. Those requests. And after your prayer, come to me and mention those things before me, like I'm before you. Mention them one by one and go your way. And I was doing it. First week, second week, every day I was doing it. The last day of the month, if I had not gotten what showed up on that last day, it would have been very shameful. The last day of the month, I was, but I was at rest. The last day of the month, somebody just called me in the morning and said, listen, there's this business opportunity here, you know, can you send us this invoice and all of it? Within hours, the sending money, I was able to sort everything out. Now, that's not the testimony. So I went back and I said, oh Lord, I thank you. This was what you meant by thank you, daddy. Order of testimony. So when I had other needs, 
I just said, me, sharp man. I just, when I had all done this, I just took this. I said, if this one can work, I will, I will engage the same principle. So I went. So I mentioned those other, you know, he said we should hack until our joy is what is full. So I took other ones. I said, you are my father. So I was praying and I was mentioning those things before him. But I discovered, you know, when you are praying sometimes and you know that your prayer is not going past the roof. You know, this one is not hitting anywhere. This one, this one, you know in your heart. You are not getting victory notes. So I said, wow, this thing was not going nice. So I asked the Holy Spirit, I said, why, why is it that these prayers are not? He said, listen. He said, for every new situation, you need a new revelation. He said, if the revelation of yesterday is applicable to the issues of today, he said, you won't have to depend on me again. I said, what do you mean, sir? He said, listen. He said, that was what David meant by trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all of your ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct your path. I said, now I get it. So he said, listen. That was why David said, in all of your ways. So he said, in every new challenge, you need a new instruction. You need a new revelation. He said, but you won't get it until you address. Do you understand what we are saying this morning? That's what you have in the book of Psalm. Look at this, Psalm 46 verse 10. Let's read that together and we pray. Psalm 46 verse 10. So somebody please, stay, 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 stay in worship. Be at rest. This thing will happen. This thing will happen. I say it will happen. I say I'm fully persuaded it will happen. Look at what he has in Psalm 46 verse 10. He said, be still. He said, be still. He said, I know that what? I am God. I will be exalted among the hurting. I'll be exalted in the hurts. I'll be exalted over that matter. That's what he's saying. Every matter that is beyond your control is an opportunity for God to be exalted. So be at rest. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you. Thank you for the entrance of your word that bringeth light and understanding to the simple. We ask, oh God, that you will give grace to everyone under the sound of my voice to be at rest in the mighty name of Jesus such that the instruction that will show up for us to enter the 11th hour harvest that will be able to hear in the mighty name of Jesus Christ thank you father blessed be your name O God in Jesus name we pray we believe you have been blessed by this message To download this message, please visit our podcast at The Throne Room on your handheld device or computer. For any inquiries, call 08087-000004 or visit the Life Center at number 20 Colorado Close off Dame Street, Maitama Abuja. You can also visit our website, www.rccgthroneroom.org. You are highly lifted, highly favored.